Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hey, it's a good day to be in church. And I tell you, I just uh, find myself a bit emotional about uh, seeing our kids loving Jesus and uh, just, you know, proclaiming truth and just uh, sharing life with us. Um, I hope that blesses you as well. Uh, it really does. Bless my heart. So thankful for our beautiful family. It's such a gift to be a part of uh, Coastline Church. Um, we have been sort of through the beginning of this year looking at what we would consider foundational teachings, the point being that we want to create um, sort of a... a um, a collection of teachings that we could share with people as they come to us. Uh, they may have questions about faith. They may have questions about uh, what we believe, how we practice our faith here. And so we, we've been walking through that. We talked about the Bible, about worship, about prayer, about witness. Last week, we talked about God in, in the beginning of this series, uh, God is, which uh, we talked about God being three in one. We talked about the Trinity. I saw baptisms, what a beautiful Sunday it was last week, and now this week, I want to continue in that. I'm going to talk about God is my righteousness. In 1516, Martin Luther was so moved by the scriptures that uh, he had a personal, a personal reformation in his life. He read Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Today we're talking about God is my righteousness. It's through faith that a righteous person has life. This verse impacted him so much that it actually fueled the Protestant Reformation. Um, at the same time, Pope Leo II was uh, building and constructing uh, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome and needed money for construction. And so uh, uh, indulgences were being given out. Now, an indulgence basically is an express pass to heaven. Um, and uh, this was something that Pope Leo did during that time to fund the uh, building of the basilica. And there was even a cute little rhyme that went with it that said, every time in the coffers a coin rings, from purgatory a soul springs. So just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's right, right? Just because it rhymes. Salvation was for sale. Um, and there's nothing further from the gospel than that. So as, as we kind of move forward today, my, again, my, my sermon is is called God is my righteousness. But to understand the great value of that truth, we need to understand grace. And so let me just kind of create a, a pathway through the idea of grace. And, and I'll start by saying love. As a Christian, love is our calling card. We love the world. We love everybody. That's our goal. That's our calling card. Um, as a Christian, uh, faith is your credit card. In other words, you get to use it and God pays the bill. It's like a college student. It's wonderful. Um, but, but grace is our gift card. And uh, nobody, you know... Um, I just want you to know I'm going to give out a gift card today, and nobody knows this is coming. And I also want you to know that if you're visiting, just know we don't do this every Sunday. You're like, I'm going back there. Um, but I just want to create an example of grace. Um, this is, you know, grace is unmerited favor. In other words, I didn't earn it, didn't deserve it, didn't do anything for it. But I'm just going to hop down here, and I want to give this uh, gift card uh, to my friend Nick. Nick, that's for you, buddy. 
God bless you. Nick is, is a wonderful brother from the Ukraine. He's here with us. And God is doing good things in his life. So, um, excuse me. <clears throat> there should be steps there, I think. Um, but, you know, that, that's, that's just an example, a small example of grace. Grace is a gift. Um, when you came in today, I hope you got this little card. It says God is, which is just our series branding. And then on the other side, it says grace card. This can be... This card can be kept until needed. So I want you to hang on to that. And even as we talk today, you may find that you just are so glad you have this card. Maybe you need to give it to somebody and say, can I have some grace, please? Uh, or maybe you just need to go, thanks, God. Or um, maybe you just need to hand it to someone else and say, give me my card back, right? Uh, I'm offering some grace. So I, I, I just want you to see this picture. Grace is unmerited favor. It's received, never earned. Grace by nature. Um, is something that you can't qualify for. In fact, the only qualification is that you're unqualified. Isn't that good to know? Uh, it's the prize you didn't earn. It's the blessing you, you can't give to yourself. And I want to talk about grace for a few minutes before we go back to the idea of my righteousness. God is my righteousness because grace creates a beautiful foundation for us. I want to talk to you about three flavors of grace. Does anybody like ice cream? I love ice cream. So I'm going to give you three flavors today of grace, and I'm going to equate those to ice cream, okay? The first one is vanilla. Vanilla is fine. Vanilla ice cream gets you going, right? It, like, sweat, you, you can build on that. You can build on some vanilla, amen? <laughs> Throw some chocolate sauce on there, put a brownie or two. You guys are ready for dessert before lunch, yeah. So vanilla, I'm going to call this vanilla, but it's actually common grace. The first flavor of grace is common grace. And common grace is important to, to note because it's like when Jesus speaks and says, the sun rises on the good and the evil. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It's this idea that there is grace for everyone. There is grace in our world. That's why we have air to breathe. That's why we woke up this morning. That's why the sun rose and will set. It's a common grace given to all humanity. It's it's why there's goodness in humanity. It's why there's blessing even with, when, when it's not connected to Jesus. There's still goodness. Why? Because there's common grace. There's common grace. In fact, uh, James said, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And come on, can't we just agree there are hundreds and hundreds of moments where we experience the common grace of God in our lives in any given week. Yeah? Thank you, God, for common grace. Aren't you grateful for common grace? Second kind of grace, I'm going to call this one salted caramel because it's my favorite ice cream. Oh, I actually got a little distracted there. I really like it, salted caramel. Just in case you ever want to get me ice cream, it's salted caramel all the way. Um, and I, this is the second flavor of grace, and this is saving grace. Saving grace. We've talked about common grace. Let me express to you now saving grace. Uh, I'm going to express it in the scripture from Ephesians 2.8. It says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Can someone say amen to that? You are saved through faith. Martin Luther said it this way, sola gratia, sola fide, by grace alone, by faith alone. Some live under the false notion that salvation is something you can earn. And the problem is that sin is real. And the Bible says that everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious 
standard. It also says in the same, um, the same book in Romans, just a few chapters later, the wages of sin is death. But the good news follows it up that the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is saving grace. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I'm not qualified for it. Yet it is given. And I want you to know that Jesus is the agent of that grace. Jesus is God's rescue plan. That's why Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And it's why Peter, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up in Acts chapter 4 and said, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which... We must be saved. Saving grace. We heard about sola gratia, sola fide, but Martin Luther also said sola Christus, which means Christ alone. Saving grace comes as a gift from Christ alone. And the third grace, and you call this one a lot of things, so I'll just rattle them all off. This is, I'm going to call this moose tracks because there's something surprising in every bite, okay? So sanctifying, special, sustaining, sufficient grace. This is an extra measure of grace. You see, when you look into the New Testament and you're defining the word grace, you find this real challenge dissecting grace from gift. The words are used interchangeably. And in fact, in the Greek, in many places, it's the same word. Why? Because grace is a gift. What? You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. Yet God gives it to you. Grace is a gift. And, and the beautiful thing and the point that I'm making here with this special grace, this sanctifying, sufficient, sustaining grace, the point is that you have an extra measure. You get your grace card, which sends it to another, another level. And what that means is that you begin to share grace with others because you've received grace. Anybody need a little extra grace in their life? <laughs> hey, good, I gave you a grace card. Maybe you need to give that extra grace away. That's being that special sustaining, sufficient grace agent. So now let's talk about righteousness. We've got Grace is a foundation. Man, I'm so grateful for God's grace. And now I want to talk for a minute about righteousness. And I want to do it through a story. Let's, let's, um, let's be transported into the New Testament. Let's go to John chapter 8, where um, Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees, who are the religious uh, leaders of the day. And they bring this woman before Jesus. The storyline says that this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And I, I'm not sure if you know this. I hope this isn't news to anybody, but it takes two to tango. And I'm sure she wasn't alone. You can't get caught in the act of adultery alone. Would, any, would you agree with me? Right. So where's the guy? You see, we have a problem here, and that's that she was the vulnerable one, and to exploit her was so much easier. So she was grabbed, and she was brought to Jesus, and she was laid at his feet, and they said to Jesus, Jesus, the law says that she must be stoned because of what she's done. And it's interesting to think about this. They were right. That's what the law says. They were right. Being right means following all the rules and knowing all the answers. But here's the thing. You can be right without Jesus. It's called self-righteous. Right? It's called self-righteous. 
The Pharisees were the inventors of cancel culture. She should be stoned. They went right at it. And if you think about cancel culture, it's steeped in self-righteousness, isn't it? Let me point out your mess, but it's as if I don't have one myself. It's quite interesting for me to think about this whole concept. The Pharisees were always writing people off, and Jesus was always writing them back in. I just love that picture of Jesus. You know, they press Jesus for an answer. They throw the woman at, her, at his feet. They press Jesus for an answer. Verse 5 says, the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Oh, you know, the scriptures make it clear here that they were trying to trap Jesus in his words. Because they knew he was now at a point of dilemma. Because they were right, but it was very unloving. And so what do we do when we, we come up against that conflict? They were trying to trap him. And so what did Jesus do? He just took his time. He bent down and he started to write in the dirt. Are you familiar with that part of the story? Maybe you are. No idea what he wrote. But he wrote. And it was as if he was just saying, I'll respond when I'm ready. He takes the time. And can I just help you see the lesson here from us? The faster you act, the more likely you are to overreact. And in a, in, in a social media world, uh, social media makes us feel the pressure, the pressure to respond. It's like a race to respond to whatever's going on. And Jesus took his time. And let me just encourage you, you should too. Just take your time. Don't feel pressured into response. And so the, the next verse, verse 7, I want to look at with you. It says, they kept demanding an answer. And so he stood up again and said, all right. In other words, hey, guys, according to the law, you are right, but let me just help you here. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then the Bible says they all left, one at a time, from the oldest to the youngest. Maybe it's just because the longer you live, the more you realize your self-righteousness is about that thin. Because you realize that underneath all of that, you need a grace card. It's interesting. I, I, I find this quite, quite fascinating that maybe it was the younger of the religious leaders that were the idealistic and self-righteous ones and the older ones were there out of principle. And once Jesus ripped the band-aid off, they said, ooh, I gotta go. I, I find this interesting because self-righteousness only works as long as you're right. And then what do you do? When you're no longer right, what do you do with your self-righteousness? As soon as you realize you're wrong, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready for the grace of God to come flooding in. You're ready for God to offer you the righteousness of Christ. You're ready because you realize that you're wrong. And so then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. See, with Jesus, grace has a companion. And this is so important. Grace doesn't really work without truth. We had to understand this law before we realized what Jesus was saying. 
He's saying, I'm not going to condemn you. Go and sin no more. Can, I, can you help me here a little bit? We're going to do what's called reflexive antagonism. Are you ready for this? And no one's going to even get mad at each other, and we're going to be antagonistic. Here's what you're going to do. Can everyone give me a bicep flex? Come on. Come on. Come on. Can you, could you please play along? Thank you. You're all just looking at me. Would you play along? All right. Give me a bite. How's it feeling? Pretty good? Nice. I'm seeing some guns. It is a gun show in here right now. Okay, so keep that bicep flex and feel the back of your arm. Okay, good. Feel the front of your arm? Now, if you've picked up anything at all this week, it should be harder on this side and softer on this side. Is that true? Okay, now, come on. <laughs> Give me the tricep. Let's go. Show me that tricep. Oh, yeah. Can you feel it? Mine's itty bitty. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. So now feel your bicep. That's called reflexive antagonism. And I didn't learn that because I'm smart, because I'm not a biologist. I read about it. And what it means is that when opposing uh, functions of the muscles inhibit each other. So in other words, when I flex my tricep, my bicep is loose. When I flex my bicep, my tricep is loose. And this is how grace and truth work with Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 1, he came full of grace and truth. And to understand the nature of God, you must think of the tension of the opposites. Grace, bicep, grace says, I'll forgive you no matter what. I love you when you least expect it and deserve it. I'll never give up on you. But truth, truth, tricep, always says, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to hold you accountable. And I'm not going to compromise on my convictions. Grace and truth. These opposites must be held in tension because the truth is God does not let sin go unpunished or unpaid. He rights every wrong. But here's the beautiful thing. Grace and truth together says God doesn't let us off the hook. He takes our place. That's where you say amen. He took our place. Grace and truth. We're not off the hook, but he'll pay the price. I hope you're seeing this here. Anybody need some grace like that today? Everybody, are you looking for a little bit of exchange from, from your own stuff into God's blessing and grace? Grace says we get not off the hook, but we get a substitute. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's the grace card. That's the grace card. So God takes all of our debt and he says, okay, I'm gonna take all of your debt and I'm gonna put it in my account. And now I'm gonna take my grace and my righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ, and I'm gonna put it in your account. And now because of that, you are rich in goodness and in the righteousness of God because of his grace. Praise God. You see, grace is where justice and mercy meet together. 
In fact, I love this simple acronym for grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. That sounds, you know, maybe a little bit like a Christian bumper sticker, but if you let that sink in for just a minute, you realize that when you receive the grace of God, when you have your sins wiped away, when God doesn't let you off the hook but takes your place, all of a sudden you realize, I have God's righteousness, not my own. You know, the Bible talks about self-righteousness. It says it's a filthy rag. It's unclean. It's not worth wearing. And God says, let's get rid of that and let's cover you through grace, by faith, in the righteousness of God. So you are God's righteousness because of this, because of this beautiful, beautiful exchange. So I want to read to you a verse again. I read part of this one. I want to read the whole thing now. Now that you see this picture of grace and righteousness, I want you to know this has been a simple message, but it's, it's shared with you the doctrine of atonement, the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of salvation, and the doctrine of righteousness. You're welcome. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Amen? So a simple path for us, church. A simple path for us. It's all Jesus. It's all him. That's why we make a big deal about Jesus, because it's all him. He did it all. He paid it all. He's the access point. He's the bridge. He's the one who fills the gap. He's the substitution. He's the one who died so that we could live. Come on. This is true. It's all about Jesus. If there's one thing you need in your life, it's the grace of God revealed in the person of Jesus because that changes everything for you. Everything. Absolutely everything. And so where do we go with this? Well, first of all, can I encourage you? Confess that at times there's been a stone in your hand. At times there's been self-righteousness in your life. And God, I choose to put down the stone. I confess, Lord, I only know what I know. I need a grace card, so help me to give a grace card. I confess that. I believe in other words, I put my faith in Jesus. He's the one who saves. And I put action to my belief by actually saying, I receive. I receive Jesus. I receive his grace. I receive him. And now I can say, and you can say, God is my righteousness. He's my righteousness. God is my righteousness because of all that Jesus has done. Amen. Pray with me. I wonder if there's someone here today and they're holding on to their grace card and they're wondering, is this something that I can just directly cash in? The answer is absolutely. 
Absolutely. The Bible makes it very clear that when we call on the name of Jesus, we enter into the grace of God and the righteousness of God begins to be formed in us. So yes, call on Jesus right now. Call on him. You can say, Lord, I thank you for the saving grace that you give to me. And I receive that now into my life. I choose to be one who walks in your ways and who lives to honor you. May your righteousness be formed in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.